The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. You're listening to the Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. Thank you for once again listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. My name's Clive and I'm joined by Ricky. How are you this evening, Ricky? Yeah, good evening. I'm doing quite well yourself. I'm alright, thanks. You're not sounding too well though. No, um, got a bit of a chest infection and, you know, so I'm not exactly feeling the greatest at the moment, but yeah, I'll, I'll soldier on. Good, good. So apologies in advance for any coughing. I do not have the technical prowess to edit out any coughing, so just feel sorry for Ricky throughout the show. So <laughs> before we get to the, the topics of the podcast tonight, I just want to give a shout out to the competition entrance. For last week, we talked about people entering a competition to win a t-shirt, and due to the fan response, we decided to go for two winners. So congratulations to Lords of Pain main page columnist Sir Sam. Um, you've won yourself a t-shirt and also Twitter handle Did ye, Can ye? Um So <laughs> congratulations to both of you. We'll be in touch with regards to getting a t-shirt of your choice um, to you in the near future. So what do you want to talk about then, Ricky? I mean, um, first of all, just congratulations to the two winners. Um well, you know, we may as well continue. We'll start talking about what's taking place on Friday because what we saw on the face of wrestling card wise, it's it's top to bottom. The card is just about flawless in terms of the, uh, the quality of wrestling matches we may be getting. But there's obviously a lot of controversy surrounding the actual card itself and the location of the card. And I know, obviously, you speaking privately, like you said, you wanted to hear a few things you wanted to say about it. Mm-hmm. Right. May as well just start off early doors then and address the elephant in the room. All right. Pretty much. I'm going to. I will preface this by saying I'm not. I am not. Or I'll try not to go down the political or well, sorry, political, religious, cultural stance that Saudi Arabia have regarding women. Uh, that's an argument that I would personally be ill-equipped to either start or even maintain. In the grand scheme of things, I'm pretty ignorant of what's true and what would what isn't true and what would offend people and what wouldn't. But my concern isn't about WWE doing a show in Saudi Arabia. It's about WWE flat out omitting the women from the show. What I do know, what I can see in front of me, is that this, in the last few years, the women's revolution... In the WWE, it's not just a storyline on screen. It was, and it is real. That revolution, that was all about giving women equal footing in WWE, and we have begun to see that. Their main event in takeovers, main event in pay-per-views in the main roster. They've been given gimmick matches, or genre matches, whatever you want to call them. This year they had a Royal Rumble. They had a Women's Battle Royale at WrestleMania. Ronda Rousey 
was the biggest commercial selling point of Mania this year. And there's there's even rumours already of women main event in WrestleMania next year. This revolution, or whatever you want to call it, it has been about the women within WWE being treated equally. Now they're starting this commercial venture, a cash grab, in a country where women aren't treated equally. Whether it's culture, religion, politics, doesn't matter. It's what they're doing. I'll get I'll touch on their possible changes later, but at the moment they're diametrically opposed to the vision that WWE are trying to impose on people at the moment. This questionable PR stunt is hot off the heels of the stuff that happened with Fabulous Mueller Battle Royal for WrestleMania. So they, they may be showcasing women at the forefront alongside the men, but I think these daft decisions... I think it's daft decisions that are coinciding with these commercial milestones, and I think they're a problem. I said at the start, this isn't an attack in Saudi Arabia, because I, I just... I'm not clued up that much. But as a complaint, WWE's one step forward, one step back mentality in an attempt to rake in more cash from the Eastern Hemisphere, which which worked wonders last year with Big Bad Jinder Mahal, the modern-day mammary gland enhancer. <laughs> Your thoughts? Um, right. First of all, um, if I cough or I'm not, like, uh, you can't understand what I'm saying, I apologise. Let's see, I'm not feeling the greatest now. Um, my just a quick question right to you and obviously the listeners when they hear on right what is the premise of any business in the world like I understand you have many goals and etc etc and you want to survive you want to do this etc and so on and so forth but ultimately what is the be all be all and end of be all and end of, of any business it's to make it money. To, sorry? To make moolah. To make fabulous moolah. <laughs> exactly. Not 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 particularly her, but you want to make as much money as possible. And I I read something on Twitter, and I don't know who reported it, so I'm not going to put a name to it, but I definitely read it, that basically WWE at the moment are in a position where they don't really need like all that much investment from outside companies or outside organisations or if they don't need that much money pumped into it, they don't need to because they're already making an absolute shed load of money there is no such thing as having too much money when it comes to business or just in life in general like like, but I don't, like I'm not I'm not saying that like you should be greedy and that's all you should be concerned about should be but when it comes to a business at the end of the day, you just want to keep making as much as as much as you can because you just don't know one day that might just come to an abrupt halt. So for me, the premise of any business is making money. Obviously, there's decisions decisions goes into it in terms of how do you go about making that money and and where does that money sort of come from? Um, like certain stakeholders, do you accept money from certain people or certain places? That just sort of comes into like your sort of as you as a, as you as a as a human being. Like, how can can you knowingly accept that money, knowing where it's come from? <clears throat> so, like, for wrestling aspect, as I says, 
what's going to take place on Friday. I'm, for a pure wrestling aspect, I cannot wait. Um, each match appeals to me greatly. Like, I understand the 50-man Royal Rumble. It, of what are you going to get? Like a trophy or a pat in the back? It's effectively it's meaningless. But as I've said previous on the podcast, I've said to you privately, like everyone sort of has that that match for whatever reason. They just seem to appeal to that match. That seems to sort of it's like in in the Royal Rumble slash Battle Royals are mine. That even if there's no real implications on it, nothing riding on it, I still like to watch them. That's why I enjoyed. I'd like to watch the two battle royals at WrestleMania, even though they ultimately mean nothing. And that's the same with this Friday. <clears throat> so, for a pure wrestling aspect, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, like, and we can sit here and we can say so many things about Saudi Arabia, the country, and the culture, etc. Like, I'm Triple H coming. I don't know if you saw. What he said, basically, Saudi Arabia's changing and WWE's trying to play a part in helping them change, etc., etc. And people are bashing Triple H for coming out and saying those kind of things when when the reality is, like, he, along with some, like, the women wrestlers, he's been at the forefront of this women's revolution because it all really started. It started with, like, AJ Lee, etc. But a lot of the women you see now come, come through NXT and it's Triple H's NXT who's, 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 who's given them that spotlight because women's wrestling nowadays is about the wrestling as opposed to what they look like so but if people don't I just are not really understanding it it's like those words are clearly not Triple H's that's clearly come up from someone in the PR department or from Vince and he's just saying those things so that's number one that he seems to be getting a lot of heat and a lot of grief for that Um, I've also saw tweets talking about how WWE is now in bed with the evil that is Islam. <laughs> <laughs> like, I saw tweets like that. And I was so, going to start taking screenshots of them and stuff like that to show you, but you, you can just put that into Twitter and you'll see stuff like that. You can put it in Google or whatever you want and you'll see stuff. If that's the case, sorry to, I'll let you continue, but if that's the case, then, so the number 50 entrant of the Greatest Royal Rumble will be none other than Muhammad Hassan then. Obviously, and he's going to win it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, like, for the ignorant, the ignorant idiots out there, right, that don't seem to comprehend or want to understand or haven't done any sort of background check on it, and I know you say you're not going to delve into it because you you don't have the knowledge and you've not checked into it, and I respect that, but... You and I know, right, my religion. You and I both know my ethnicity. And for people that don't know, I am Muslim. I'm of Pakistani heritage, right? But in Saudi Arabia is is an Islamic country. But there's a difference between Islam and a difference between cultural um, beliefs and Sharia law. This is where it falls into. It falls into the culture as opposed to the religion. They are two completely different things so when people talk about how there's a lack for women's rights in Saudi Arabia or the better way to say it is the lack of women's rights that isn't an Islamic thing, that's a fucking cultural thing so you've got people who are distorting the truth by 
making these slanderous accusations and it's like do some not do, do some digging up just read a few books read a few articles and you'll understand saudi arabia yes an islamic islamic country but saudi arabia is a country they do things that even other other arab countries do not do and we can go through and name them if we want but they do things that even iran don't do and iran are supposedly like the the real bad guys and not going to sit here and defend or say they're good guys or anything that's like that's not what we here to talk about but they do things that even other arab countries and other muslim countries don't do and they're one of the few countries out there that still practice and enforce sharia law sharia law is not a religious thing it's a cultural thing that's what that's what it's really annoying me seeing things like that's just ignorant tweets and ignorant people with their points of view and it's like just do a bit of research and you'll understand they're two completely different things. I, like, what they're saying about <clears throat> how women are treated, etc., in Saudi Arabia, it's true. It's completely true. Like, it can't be denied. But what also can't be denied is there's a new government in place, a new prince in place, and what they're doing is they're trying to transition from what, they were to what they want to become and what they want to become is basically like how we are in Britain or America like a western country how women have got rights and people of whatever gender or whatever race or whatever your sexuality might be they're, they're progressing I understand that well, it's 2018 and like we shouldn't we should now not be progressing to that like it sh- should just be fully accepted and embraced by everyone. Unfortunately, it's not, but they're, they're trying to move in the right direction. And the other thing, I've saw things like, someone says, I know Renee Young obviously is not going to be, so look, there's absolutely no women on it, and it'll be, it'll be interesting to see even if Stephanie McMahon's there, which I doubt she will be. So, I saw tweets like, oh, they should just get the women to go over and just, they should have put a women's match on and just let them dress the way they like, and it's like, like, you can't go into someone else's country, regardless of what you think of that country and what their culture is, and enforce your culture on them. We can't... Like, it's the same with people coming over into Britain. Like you, When you come to Britain, you must embrace the way... The, the British way of life, or whatever that may be. It's the same if you go to America, you must embrace the American way of life. And whatever that is, like, each everyone has a different answer to that. So why would you you put the women in such an awkward position by taking them over there again that's just ignorant and you've not done any kind of research so <clears throat> my, my main point about all this is like I understand what a lot of people saying about Saudi Arabia is true but they're mixing religion and culture up and it is complete and utter bullshit and it's completely wrong <coughs> I disagree having an all male, all male pay per view right Mm-hmm. But, but, even just three, four years ago, or whatever, there was no such things. Like, you would really, you would really have like public um, events taking place in Saudi Arabia, unless it wasn't some sort of um, execution because of Sharia law. Like, what I'm talking about is like, like whether it's concerts or anything like that. Those are they were few and far between, and there was a post from our guest who was on <clears throat> last week um, um, he posted he, post, he tweeted something up because I think he was putting an article out on Lords of Pain 
and he found a letter, uh, something on Reddit. I try to look at it again, but that's that on the Reddit that thread's been deleted. But I took a screenshot of it, and it's basically someone from Saudi Arabia who is spoke is in, in speaking about what's happened and what they're trying to achieve and where they're trying to go, and they're actually trying to move forward. I, like I said before, they should have got here by now, but they haven't. But they're trying to make those progressive steps to get where, where the rest, quote unquote, the Western world is. So, that may not, on the surface, it may seem very bad, but at least they're trying to progress. And to go back to the whole all male pay per view, quote unquote, house show or whatever it is, I don't agree with that. But, but, you need to accept. It is a cultural thing over in Saudi Arabia at the moment because that could change. As I've said, you cannot take, you cannot go to somewhere else in this country and enforce your belief and your way of living on them and force them to to change their way of living to, a, to accommodate you. It should never work like that. So, <coughs> and just I'm just going to quickly try and wrap up here because I went on a wee bit. The all male pay per view in that sense makes sense because the way women are perceived at the moment over there in in what they can and can't do. But we're in twenty eighteen and that kind of thing shouldn't be happening at the moment. And I've also saw tweets that people say, right, well now they should now promote or announce an all women's pay per view in a different country for next week. Like, no, just no. That's no, that's that's it. That's for me. That's one of the dumbest things anyone can say. Why on earth would you have just an all-women's pay-per-view, right? Just, just to save face on what's looking, which is somewhat some bad news you're getting at the moment. So you'll say, right, we'll just throw, do you know, we'll just put a women's pay-per-view on just to sort of save face. No, we're at a point where the women have merited that. So for me, I would rather, I would wait and then actually give them it. So at least on the face of it, when you announce it a year later, at least you're thinking, oh, well, the Saudi Arabia thing's away in the past. At least it's not a knee-jerk reaction to that. So on the face of it, it kind of looks like they're giving it more merit, but deep down we probably know why they were doing it in the first place. They weren't giving it more, they're not going to give it more merit, which is a damn shame. But even that, I don't really support an all-women's pay-per-view in 2018 either, just that I don't support an all-men's pay-per-view. For 2018, we should, like, we should, you know, men and women, we should all be treated the same. We should be treated equally. And for anyone that's going to go on my back about saying no to an all-women's pay-per-view, for me, there's valid reasons, because you're not giving it more merit, and they deserve it on merit. But and you will back this up. I have long maintained, even before Charlotte came onto the main roster, that when it's all said and done, she will mean to women's wrestling what her dad means. I said on the podcast a few weeks ago, and you also attest to that Charlotte is one of my, if not my most favourite wrestler in wrestling at the moment. If she's not my favourite, she's my top three. So it's not even I hate women sort of thing. It's the complete opposite. I'm just thinking that you would only do such a thing just to sort of save face. And to me, that's that's quite weak and pathetic. You would do something like that then. But like I said, for me, the bottom line is a lot of people out there are making stupid remarks and not doing enough research into what the difference between um, religion and cultural upbringing and religious and cultural views are. They're two different things. And for Saudi Arabia, it's a cultural thing as opposed to a religious thing. Right. A few points. You've kind of answered a few of my questions, right? So you have taken the wind out my sails and... You're obviously well equipped to have this argument, so I'll hand you that. You you mentioned Imp's article. I've actually got some a, a small paragraph in that that I'd like to quote. Um, 
shout out to Imp. He actually did quite a lot of research into this and he's put forward a very good argument. So, this is what Imp said at one point. Firstly, they have begun to change a wide number of rules slash laws. A couple were pretty much redundant, but were seen as positive changes, others more drastic shifts. And yes, I'll start with their alterations in regards to women's rights. In September, it was announced that women will be allowed to drive from June 18. A little later, they were told in short time, women will no longer need permission from men to go out by themselves. And in January, women attended their first soccer matches. Girls are now allowed to participate in physical education lessons, attend a wide range of events, with the women's cycling race taking part earlier this year. Women's rights are still a way off from Western standards, but this isn't the West and change takes time. Right, okay. Where is it? Also, right, so he said there that there was a women's cycling race taking part earlier this year, right? So, why, if they're doing women's cycling races, why can't they have women on this show? What's, I don't know. Right? So, so, I can't, I can't, I'll, I'll, whenever you raise a point, I'll try and counter it. Okay. I don't even know if the WWE approached them about doing a women's match. So, that's never come out. So, I'm assuming they never even bothered approaching them about doing this match. Or perhaps this was agreed so long ago, even before all these changes started coming to place in Saudi Arabia, that this was all already agreed. And obviously it was just announced like, in the last couple of months or whatever. Unless it was agreed like, a year ago or six, seven, eight months ago. And that's what they've just stuck with. I don't know. I, For me, I don't know even if WWE have bothered to ask about the women being on it and even at that they might have allowed women on it but some of the women might have been like no we're not comfortable going which is completely understandable right. so I can't I can't really give too much of an answer on that ok right that's fair enough the next question I think you have already answered Saudi Arabia's culture is different from other Arab nations right now I might be wrong with my country here are they different from Abu Dhabi? Yeah, very. All right. Very. Right. It, like, Abu Dhabi is in the United Arab Emirates, and obviously the women had a match there, but they were in, like, basically, they were covered head to toe. Right, they were covered head but, to toe, but they still had a match, right? So, Dubai... Yeah, like, I think, like, I think, like, in terms of just quickly, UAE and Saudi Arabia, it's almost like night and day, if you want. Right, it's, it's, okay. There's a lot of differences there between cultural and just the way they, they have, like, the view... An outlook on life. I don't know if that's more so how it's how the UAE has now become such a touristy hotbed. I don't know if that's maybe helped change their ways, but they are quite different. Right, that's that's fine because I was going to bring up the fact that Sasha um, fought Bailey in Abu Dhabi, and I can't remember when, but it feels like a long time ago that TNA's knockouts have been in Dubai before as well. I think they have as well. That rings yeah. a bell. TNA. I, you've confirmed that the Emirates are different from Saudi Arabia, fair enough. But the fact that WWE have already done this, uh, they've already made a leap. I feel as if they've regressed a wee bit. Is it because, like, as I've said, they've had a public, um, not a, well, it is public, they've had a women's cycling race. So, <laughs> cycling and wrestling, I don't know how popular each of them are in, WWE, in Saudi Arabia, right? But, They've already done that, so why aren't they doing it? I just feel as if it's a bit of a regression. Um, 
or is it because this is a big time and it's going to be on the network, it's going to have millions of viewers? Does that not smack of shit in the bed a wee bit? I just feel... if I know there's a whole change takes time, but the laws that Imp went through, when you read them out, I'm reading them out loud for the first time, and I'm thinking, my God, they sound extreme. If they want to be pioneers of trade, if WWE and this new monarch in Saudi Arabia, did I use the right word? Is it kings yet? Yeah, kings? Yeah, he's, he's, he's not a king, he's a prince at the moment. Right. If they want to be pioneers of change, then why not put the women on the show? I just don't see the problem with it. Capitalising on the success, the progress that they've made so far the commercial attention that they've got with Rousey, with Charlotte, with Asuka. You know, that's what my point comes back to. I don't even know if the WWE have approached them about having a women, women's match on it. Like, I can't answer that. Because, like, for you, like you said, it does make sense if you've already started having these sort of women events, like we said, with the Cyclone, etc., and obviously, in a couple of months' time, women are now going to start to be able to drive, etc. So, why wouldn't you now have a wrestling match on? Especially because, like, they're not going to go out in a normal, a normal uh, wrestling outfit. Like, they never, in, in that part of the world, they never will be. It just, like I said, that's where the cultural difference comes down to. And sometimes you've just got to, you've just got to accept certain things. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like if that's how, if that's the way people live in a certain part of the world then who are you going to try and change that or who are you going to say I'm not going to do that if you're not going to if you're not going to live by how how other how people in a different country live then you need to deal with the consequences mm-hmm. so women obviously will be sort of covered from head to toe uh, to me it just seems like you say it doesn't make sense because it goes against whatever that's starting to happen over there it's things are starting to change to me it just sort of seems like the WWE haven't even haven't asked about it I, that's what it seems like to me, if I'm honest. Right. Like, um, I don't. I genuinely don't have an answer for that. Like that's that's the only logical thing I can think in my head. Either that, or it was agreed months and months and months ago, and WWE just don't want to go back on that. I genuinely don't know. You know just the last thing, because this is a wrestling podcast. It's not the Ricky and Clive current affairs show. So. Um, <laughs> Just the last thing, implications also said females may be allowed, only allowed to attend with a male, men may only be allowed to sit in the front row with a woman in their party to portray a certain picture. Now, if they're doing that, what... I'm just trying to think how to word this. What about this show makes me think that there's going to be a move towards incorporating women into future events, WWE? When they go back to Saudi Arabia, do you mean? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm assuming, like, if they go back every year, because I read a report they are supposed to be going back every year. So you'd imagine maybe in 2019 there might be a women, a women match on it. Mm. 2020, there might be a couple more. 2021, there might even just be nothing but women's matches on the pay-per-view. I don't know. I've also read things that say that single men and women are segregated no matter where they go. Right. And this event will be no different. I've read that from Reddit and on Twitter as well, that you, basically, a married woman over there 
must if she like you say if she does whatever she needs to do, if she's going to go about her daily business outside of the home she needs like you said permission from the husband or and her husband has to at least um, accommodate her to wherever she's going and to me it seems this is the same I think what I've read and this might not even be true so we'll find out on Friday to be honest people husband and wives are sat together single men are sat in a different part and apparently single women are in a different part but the single women part it is a bit iffy to me so I just think it's going to be single men plus husband and wives and but they're kept separate from each other mm-hmm. I think you know like you said we're not we don't want to come on and talk about politics like we've I don't think we've ever addressed any sort of political issue on this podcast whatsoever it was just because of the amount of things that have been said about this show but do you know what this the, the prince um of Saudi Arabia. He's only he's actually only a couple of years older than us. Uh, he's it's Prince Mohammed bin Salman, and he's actually is making a lot of changes. Like when he first came in, like he was met with quite a bit of resistance, and I think he was just like, no, 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 this is what we're doing, and this is and we're going to start pushing forward. So he seems to have the the mindset of the younger generation because at the end of the day he's only thirty two or thirty three, so he's starting to push forward with that, and like you say. Change doesn't happen overnight in the old saying, Rome wasn't built in a day. This may take another five, ten years before you eradicate mm-hmm. everything from that country, but at least they're trying to move on the face of it. They're trying to push forward and become more... Uh, uh, left isn't even the right word. More, more accepting of different sort of cultures and behaviours of people and just sort of accepting that women have a massive role in in life and in the community. Mm-hmm. So and and the one final thing, like <laughs> before we move on, in fact two final things. <laughs> um like this notion that I understand there's just a complete lack of women's right over there. Like I understand and I just want to hammer home folks that that is a cultural thing and not an Islamic thing because in Islam the women is at the top of the mountain and, and us men are at the bottom. Like, you just go ahead and Google that and you'll find countless articles and countless things that, that corroborate that. And this isn't just me making nonsense up and it's not just things... You're, you're going to see things from years and years and years ago. That is the way it works in Islam, that the women are at the top of the food chain and we are at the bottom, effectively. And, and the last thing I want to say before we move on to the wrestling is, do you know what? Fuck politics. Never want to talk about politics on this podcast again. Right. I just want to say... We have talked about this at length, and understandably with your religion and heritage, it's a topic you're wanting to talk about, so I get that, it's fine. And I'll sign off and saying, just like change doesn't happen overnight, neither does my mind at the moment. Um, but you have brought on some valid points, as did implications as well. So I urge you to go over to Lords of Pain and read that. That's very thought-provoking stuff. So can I tell you why else I don't, give a single shit about this greatest Royal Rumble (laughs) go on right we have just come off the longest pay per view in history it might not have been but it's one of right three weeks ago is it three weeks ago if not we just had in total a seven hour pay per view and you've got what looks to be another massive pay per view with sorry a massive house show on the cards with Backlash fast approaching as well. 
I've, even if it's on at my time, I've not there's I've not got the time to watch that. It's too too long, and it's too long for something which might be inconsequential. Because, as far as I'm concerned, the way this shake-up has turned out, quite a few of the results are in the bag. The IC title, the US title, the Raw Tag Team titles. Are there any other crossover matches that you can think of off the top of your head? Um, that seems to be it. I just think it's it seems to have fucked up the shake-up a wee bit, and the superstar shake-up has happened, but there's still... Um, feuds playing out the, there's going to be and at least this Royal Rumble right we've already seen four over the top rope elimination winning matches this year and the Royal Rumble, the format, the rules it's not actually a match format that I'm a huge fan of I zone out quite a lot during these matches you miss a lot of the action so it's not really a big selling point for me you're going to have lots of part timers coming over you're gonna. It's going to last about an hour and a half of the time. I could go on. It's just uh, hurry up. Backlash is all I'm saying. Um, right. To try and to try and make you excited or somewhat looking forward to it, <clears throat> we're going to get Triple H and John Cena. Right. I understand you're going to say we haven't saw a great Cena match in a while, but. It's still a big. It's still a big match. Um, I'm still looking forward to Roman and Brock, even though it's been sort of. It's now you're sort of getting you sort of getting a feeling now. It's like, can we just get a conclusion on it one way or another, please? Um, and hopefully that conclusion is with Roman winning the title. I think that Fatal Four Way is going to be excellent for IC title, like. Sometimes, you know, we say some matches are quite predictable in the sense that you just know who's ultimately going to win it. I think a number of these matches have that feel, but I think let's just enjoy how they get there because I think that Fatal 4 weight is going to be ridiculously good. Um, what else are we looking at? The I'm looking forward to Usos and Bludgeon Brothers as well. Like, I know the... <clears throat> we've got the cruiserweight title as well. Yep, I'll, I'd like to talk about that in a wee minute uh, when we get yeah. to it. Um, obviously, they had the gauntlet match. We'll, obviously, we'll, we'll get on to that. Um, I mean, I know you're not going to look forward to it, but Undertaker Rusev. <laughs> oh my god! My my all time favorite versus my current favorite. Um, let's hope the Undertaker gets buried in that casket. I'm I'm happy to accept that on this occasion. AJ Nakamura. I don't know why, but I have just. I keep thinking maybe Nakamura's going to win the title here. Mm. Uh, I don't I don't think he will, but in the back of my mind, it's just there. Well, what if he wins it? Um, yeah, and like you said, for me personally, on a personal Royal Rumble, except that Royal Rumble, 50 man, a normal 30 man Royal Rumble goes on for what, about well, I think it 70, was... 75 minutes or something? Around about 70 minutes or so? Yeah, Doc's Chad Matthews said on his podcast this week this one lasted an hour and 15. No, sorry, the 40 man one that was in 2011. 
Right. 40-man one lasted an hour and 15. Now, this one has got 10 more, so you're looking at at least, at very least, 90 minutes. I think... This is going to... This is going to unfortunately, this will break the record of the gauntlet match on Raw for the longest ever WWE match. I think as well, right? They must... I think they'll need to reduce the time in between each entrant. Aye, cause because the, the ramp's massive. That's currently they are two hours ahead of us. Being us, being um, GMT. They're only two hours so, ahead. Uh, they're only two hours ahead. That's surprising. I thought it was more than that. It might. It was. I don't know if it's because of the fact that our clocks and stuff. I don't know if they have that or when their clocks change. If the clocks ever do change, but I suppose in a sense, if you look at it. Um, on the map, for instance, like they're not from London. If you just sort of draw a line straight down, it's not as far along as you might think. If you know what I mean, uh-huh. um, it is a bit, but yeah, it's only two. Um, obviously, our clocks went forward recently, didn't they? So I don't know if that has a bearing on things. Um, so and it starts at five o'clock over here. Yep. I'm so working that's a seven o'clock. Seven o'clock start over there, and I'm working to half past six that night. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's going to be like five hours. That is basically going to be like the WrestleMania main show card. I I I, I would I, I think I think they'll probably have to they have to reduce because it's is it ninety seconds in between each entrant at the normal rumble. Well, they tra- they, it was all over the place at this year's Royal that Rumble. Is, seemed like it in previous times as well I think they've got to reduce that down to 60 and even though that might just seem like it's just the ring might fill up quickly or you know how by time some people make that it would get down and then you have a wee flurry and then all of a sudden the countdown starts again so it might seem like a bit of a clusterfuck but at the end of the day for the most part a lot of the Royal Rumbles feel like that anyway um, 10 matches which includes a Rumble that is definitely going at least 5 hours that's a long long uh-huh. show a long, long house show, but I'm looking forward to it. Like, uh, like, uh, just I think, just trying, just think of the quality of matches you could potentially be getting. Right, I'm looking at the list that you gratefully prepared for us. Mm-hmm. One, two, three, four, three and a half matches. I think. We'll Wait, have what's, the, what's the half? <laughs> the 205 live match Wait you're only kind of looking forward to that uh, I'll touch on that later right but no right. I'll touch on it just now then since it's come up naturally uh, you know. Spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen it yet um, or if you haven't read my column from the 205 live review from last night on Lords of Pain and Social Suplex uh, Cedric Alexander will face Kalisto at Saudi, uh, in Saudi Arabia on Friday as Kalisto was the winner of the five-man gauntlet match that took place in 205 Live last night. Very good match, I thought. It wasn't a patch at all on the Raw gauntlet match from a few months ago, a couple of months ago there. Um, but it's hard to top that. That was the best performance of Seth Rollins' career. But he had four matches, four very different styles of matches, good few stories told. Um, a few rivalries continued, a few ri- callback rivalries. Just thought it was really good work involved all in. 
Mustafa Ali had a great night. Drew Gulak had a great night. I just... Cedric Alexander doesn't do much for me. He hasn't done much for me since he won the title. And Kalisto, I'm not sure if I've heard this somewhere, but do you know who, what Kalisto reminds me of? Scrappy-Doo. <laughs> Scrappy-fucking-Doo, and I'll tell you for why. <laughs> the size compared to everyone else, that's not his fault, right? He's a small guy. He fights a good fight and he does what's right for his morals or whatever, just like Scrappy do. He stands up to giants, but he's really annoying. And so is Scrappy do. Nobody really likes Scrappy do, really, do they? Nah. So. But remember, Kalisto, Kalisto gave. Remember the bump with Uso? A couple of years ago, though. <laughs> we'll put it in a ladder match, then. <laughs> That'll be forever his memory. That'll be his legacy, even. Uh, see, he had a really good programme with Baron Corbin a year or so ago. and I've uh, you'd, you'd enjoy that. Bizarrely, in an amazing chairs match, of all things. Uh, he had a match with Buddy Murphy a few weeks ago, which was fantastic. Like, it really was amazing. Uh, and I've been quiet about this, but considering the quality of matches that we got at WrestleMania... It was one of my, the best matches that I saw in that seven-day time gap area thing. I really enjoyed it. So he ha- he is good. He's been doing good stuff with the rest of the Lucha House Party, Grand Metalik and Lindsay Dorado. They've had quite an ongoing feud with Hideo Watami and Akira Dozawa. It's went on a bit too long. I think there, if there is this going to be this rumoured cruiserweight tag team titles, they need to hurry because... It's kind of slowed to a halt a wee bit. Anyway, Cedric Alexander doesn't do much for me. And despite both men having good wrestling skills, I don't want to watch Alexander versus Scrappy-Doo. And it's another face-v-face match, and I don't think that worked well in WrestleMania. They concentrated too much, and so it showed me the heart, show me the soul, and it took away from it for me. So, I'm a, bit, I'm a bit of a downer. I think I just wanted... Drew Gulak was unbelievable on Wednesday night. So, Tuesday night, I just wanted Drew Gulak to win and for him to win the title and then for Mustafa and Ali to have an Austin Rock-style feud to last a, a feud for the ages. <laughs> That's the thing, like... kind of surprised myself that Mustafa Ali didn't win it because then there's a whole other sort of like he, the the way the angle the angle you're trying to go over with gender. It's like, well, you actually do have a Muslim going to a Muslim country to potentially <laughs> win a title. Yeah. Like, so from that sense, why wouldn't you? He'll obviously be in the the Royal Rumble. Yeah, aye, I've actually. And got hey, you... hey, the, the, he might even win it if that's the route they want to go down. No, it'll be Mo Hassan. Um, yes. The the booking of Ali last night was actually really good. He fell off the top rope, and TJP did a sort of low hanging drop kick to Ali's knee. This was the first match, right? And I, like he went for his knee, the inverted knee bar, and he managed to win. And then it was Drew Gulak next, and Drew Gulak, who's self professed best submission specialist in WWE, he really went to town on that knee. 
And despite a comeback, Ali tried to go for a, his 054, but he couldn't climb the turnbuckle anymore because his leg was just so fucked. And uh, Gulak took advantage of that. So it was actually... I, w- I wish Ali had the, the belt. I really do. But from a storyline perspective, that made perfect sense, and I don't mind it. I do mind Drew Gulak not getting through. That's what annoys me the most. Drew Gulak's the best like overall character on that show since Neville's not there anymore. And has been for quite some time. Yeah. Anyway, right. So what, what other matches that you're looking forward to? Uh, the IC title match. Seth, mm-hmm. Joe, Miz and Finn. See, for a while there was a rumour that Bobby Lashley was going to be included in that and I was going to start rioting with <laughs> an empty room. Man, that guy just feels like... Uh, what are you going to do with this guy now? Well, um, exactly. Because there's nothing you can do with him. He's just nothing. He's boring. He has a ceiling. Uh, and this is the problem, bringing in part-timers. I know it's not happened, but they were possibly going to sho- shoehorn him into this Intercontinental title match. And we had a question from... A Rob Tom in the Wrestling Appreciation Society group on Facebook. Rob asked, I know this is a random tangent, right? We're in tangent mode now, but what the fuck is happening to poor Cassius Ono? What is happening to Cassius Ono? I'll tell you what, they're signing all these big, massive indie names, and because of that, Cassius Ono, although it's an indie name, he's already fallen by the wayside. The point of NXT is to be developed and pushed towards the main roster and he's he's nowhere now. I know he's doing a lot of indie stuff, progress, and he was at the Access tournament but I want to see Cassius Ono on my screen because of all these people, new people coming in that's not happening. What do you think about yeah. Cassius Ono? Yeah, I don't give a fuck about him. No, oh, well... <laughs> <laughs> Why not? I just, I never, I was never enamoured with him when he first came into NXT either. Right, okay. I've never, you know, it's not a knock on wrestling wise or anything like that. You know, sometimes you just, you just don't take to some people. And to be honest, I'm not really that fussed. And I, quite frankly, I didn't realise he wasn't on TV that often or where he's gone. But he'll probably be in this Royal Rumble match anyway. Um, I just, I think he's really good. And he actually, every single move he, applies or delivers is delivered as if it was a finisher and I just don't know why he's not getting a big push because he's just such a devastating clubber basically Um, but I just think these people it's not just Cassius Ono it's a lot of people in the main roster as well they're getting pushed to the back of the queue because they're bringing in new guys again Uh, they keep bringing in new guys the pecking order's been put all to shit because of all this and it greatly, like, greatly upsets me. <laughs> I know you, you've you've had an issue with the part time thing, but especially I think more than you've had an issue with like with veterans taking up spots where the younger guys could 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 slide in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, and I know we certainly touched on it last week. Like when you look at somebody like Jeff Hardy, if, if a veteran older guy could still go and still put on great matches, I couldn't care less about his age. If you can still go, then I'm going to sit back and watch and enjoy. So, like I say, guys like Jeff Hardy, etc., can still put on great matches. But, like you say, I would, like, Bobby, when Bobby Lashley was re signed, 
I had the mentality that I was going to just sort of wait and see, like, and I was I wasn't enamoured with him when his first run. I could care less that he'd left. I, but when news broke, he was signing with him again. I was like, right, I don't care. But I'll just sort of give the guy the benefit of doubt and just have a just sort of wait and see. But I already have sort of a feeling that I'm not going to care that much about him now. Uh, so at that point, I, like I'm on board with you there. So where whatever push or potential push or whatever spot he's going to get. Surely that could have gone to someone else, but yeah, actually I don't have too much to add on to the end of that. Right. But like, I, I genuinely think that the card on Friday on paper it it seems like a a right good card. Um, the other matches that I'm looking forward to are Bludgeon Brothers versus the Usos. I know that the Bludgeon Brothers have been this dominating force, but from some form of shenanigans. Ah, see, is it... <laughs> right, um, I've just lost my train of thought entirely. So, one of the Usos won in SmackDown this week, didn't they? They beat Rowan. Yep. Yeah. But that was with a bit of help and distraction from Naomi. Yep. Shake him down dancing. And I was going to say... <laughs> uh, I was going to say, maybe Naomi can help the Usos at the week. On Friday, but no, they can't. Maybe. No, oh, no, that's right. Uh, see, see, you, now, <laughs> now you know why I lost my train of thought. <laughs> no, like I saw a tweet last week, and someone says when when Naomi came down to protect the Usos, that the Bludgeon Brothers should have just picked her up and carried her away. All right. Like I don't know if obviously in the world we live in, like how that would have been portrayed and how people that took to that, but. Storyline-wise, I think that added just so much to it. And I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have been offended if Bludgeon Brothers done that. They are very much a sort of World of Warcraft kind of team. Mm-hmm. Um, so their motive is in that. In that, in turn, if you did, if, even if you never appeared this week, or she appeared on the screen, or some, I don't know, whatever, that in turn would have you would have pissed the Usos off even more from a storyline aspect. So they'd begin into the match at the Great Royal Greatest Royal Rumble even more pissed off and therefore you're thinking well here we go maybe maybe they are going to get it or maybe they might end up winning by DQ just because of that annoyed they might start attacking with chairs or mm-hmm. ladders or anything like that so and see, I, I don't know I just thought it was a nice wee twist to it, it would, I would have been up for that because see sometimes you've just got to 100% embrace kayfabe and Bludgeon Brothers are walking about with mallets <laughs> uh, so if they took Naomi away and hid her, and if turned into something, I'm going down a random road, but if it was like a, they kept her and up in the castle, and they had to fight through the labyrinth of monsters to get them, <laughs> then I would have been fine with that. <laughs> because, but I'm still wanting that match-up that they had when it was the Wyatts versus the Usos in 2015. I want a mm-hmm. good match, but this is a, a stacked card, so I'm not sure if we're going to get a good match. We might need to wait till Backlash for that. Uh, the other match is AJ versus Nakamura that I'm looking forward to, especially with the change in Nakamura at the moment. So, those, like the only are... what the only thing about the card and the amount of matches etc is that you feel like you're not going to get. There's going to be at least maybe two or three matches that aren't going to be that very long. And let's not forget, if this is a big stadium, it's going to be a big long ramp, and we've got an Undertaker entrance to deal with, and an exit to deal with, unless Rusev puts him in the casket. 
Yeah. <laughs> and I, like I say, 10 matches, I can maybe see the Bludgeon Brothers and Usos not lasting very long. I can maybe see Taker and Rusev lasting about five minutes. I can see... Let me see. Maybe Jeff and Jinder lasting about six, seven minutes with Jinder winning. <laughs> Why is one of the Singh brothers like still antagonising Randy Orton? Why is that happening? <laughs> I mean, this happened at the Shake Up last year. Where did he? Did he? Did he get moved over to Raw as well? Though I can't even remember. He must have, unless that was the injured <laughs> one. No, well, he's still not back. Right, right, so, but why? Because Jinder, right, Randy Orton, big continuity error, Randy Orton had a chance at winning the US title. That's not, was it mentioned last night on SmackDown? I can't remember. So, I would be fine if it was Jeff Hardy versus Randy Orton for the US title, but Sunil Singh comes down and, like, distracts Randy. What on earth is that for? Well, it makes sense. But I think we just need to sort of get the, the event on Friday and backlash out of the way, and then you'll start to see a bit of continuity and sort of new storylines playing out, etc. And just sort of as soon as we get these inner brand storylines out of the way. Do you think there will be any. So you think that there's a possibility of AJ winning, eh, Nakamura winning? It's just, it's just in the back of my head. I don't. I don't really envision it if I'm honest I don't think he will uh, but it just it just wouldn't shock me if he did though What about the universal title you did say it on Roman Reigns getting the universal title I, I'd, I'd be absolutely stunned if Roman didn't win it Well I was probably thinking the same thing the nights before Wrestlemania that I was would be stunned if Roman didn't win it so I would not be surprised at all if Brock wins I don't yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I've just, I think I've just got it in my head, and it's going to be Roman that ends the Brock feud, the run. So I'm just like, right, if it doesn't happen now, so if if Brock wins, and then all of a sudden they announce a rematch or backlash, I will say the exact same thing next week. I will be stunned if Roman doesn't win. I've just got it in my head that it's going to be Roman that ends the run. See, I really, I mean, it's a cage match as well. Sorry, guys, but the cage match is really outdated in today's world. Uh, I don't care about a cage match at all. Just, and I believe Carl from Outsider's Edge is of the same opinion. This universal title doesn't exist right now. When, if, big if, and when Roman wins it, then I'll think, right, okay, good. It's back on a full-timer. And I know there's this full-timer, part-timer argument, but at the end of the day, the sort of structure and order to draw... It took a battering with a superstar shake-up. <clears throat> it needs to have some sort of semblance of order, order semblance or whatever the term is to it again, and that will only happen when you've got the universal title back. <coughs> Excuse me. So when that happens, then I'll concentrate on what's going on. To to touch on the cage match, like, what is the concept of a cage match? Like, you two male or females hate each other, so we're going to fight inside a cage that doesn't have a roof on it and it's got a door on it. And it's like, 
oh, well, you can still get out of it, so you're not really locked in the cage. I think. Do you, do you see? Do you see where I'm coming from? Like to me, it doesn't make sense. Should you not just replace that with a hell and cell match where you've got nowhere else, nowhere to literally run? And for me, I really hope we don't sort of do like a shitty finish in that match where they sort of want to protect Brock, where you just have Roman escape the cage and he wins it. I nah because that still that still leaves him um, vulnerable to sort of in promos where people say, well, you never really slayed the beast; you just ran away from him. You just somehow like you know you ran out and escaped, and you, and you ran away with a title sort of thing. I would rather you just got a clean one, two, three. Imagine uh, Brock was sort of sandwiched in between the ropes and the cage. The Ro- Roman speared them, and they both. The, the cage sort of collapsed and they both went out at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a no contest and the rivalry continues. Right, so we've got a casket match, we've got a cage match, is the IC match for another match? Mm-hmm. Is that confirmed? So you've got three gimmicky matches right there on one pay-per-view or one event. I think the reason why they've done that is because they just want to the, the gimmick matches or whatever just, just bring a general a little bit extra excitement sort of because there might be a little bit more chaos ensued so they might, they might be thinking that if we advertise those we might bring in more viewers in Saudi Arabia or whatever but mm-hmm. uh, the cage match I don't care there's very there's a there's, there's only a couple of gimmick type matches I, I actually do like and even a casket match is just so out of date uh, it's 1992 all over again like Back then it was excellent, but now it's like for me it's hell in a cell. The ladder match itself can make sense. That's fine. I submission say, matches. Don't even, we don't even see submission matches anymore. Uh, I, I prefer singles ladder matches. Mm-hmm. These um, spot monkey addictions are just a bit too much at the moment, and I would like to see a bit more one-on-one ladder matches again. Because look at what Seth, think, Seth and Dean did a couple of years ago. And I think the. I don't know if this ladder match have like too many spots because you've not exactly got like loads of high flyers in it either. But uh, well, for me, let's say overall excitement for watching the wrestling it might we might see excites me. And and the added bonus is that we're not staying up till stupid o'clock to watch it. Mm-hmm. See, there's just a lot. I've got the. ICW have got a pay-per-view on Sunday night as well so I've already got a lot of wrestling to watch over the next week week and a bit and I'm not really up for watching a whole six hours of something that I'm really not I mean Triple H and Cena what is that all about? That's that was just okay it's just a random match but it's one of those ones that to me it just sort of seems like we're going to Saudi Arabia we want to make a big big deal so we'll bring in all the heavy hitters and it doesn't like you say what you want about these two guys, but that's that's as big as it can get, really. In fact, like you're not you're not going to get too many matches bigger than that, like in terms of names brand anyway. See, when you look at the card, that's actually one of the lowest anticipated on the show for me, anyway. Just because it's one of those ones, are and it's just it's just, for me, it's just because it's been thrown in there. Because it's because of our names, there's been no real actual build to it, because there's no going to be any real consequences or 
anything like that or storyline-wise coming out of it. So it's just one of those one-off matches they're going to have and they won't bother mentioning it again. But when you look at it, the vast majority of the of the matches, probably seven, I would say seven out of the ten, are going to have some sort of storyline coming out of it. So I, you think there will be an impact on canon of WWE? Say that again, sorry? You think it will have an impact on the sort of overall story of WWE that they're trying to tell? No, oh, oh, definitely, definitely, definitely. Uh, I just, I just, I just wish, I just wish the Royal Rumble meant something. Like I do it all the time, like the, the ones that have at WrestleMania, the Battle Royals. I would just wish this meant something. Mm-hmm. Like I say, I said in the WrestleMania review podcast that even if those Battle Royals meant that if like you would get a, a title shot of the US title or the the IC title for the men, and if it was women, obviously don't have like a a lower a mid card title, so we just you would just get a title shot of the women's title. Even if it was something like that, I don't know, or if, if like, if a Raw Rock member win, then they get to take anyone from SmackDown that they wish, or vice versa, or whatever, because you had to shake up the following week. Just, just add something to the to the to the Battle Royal WrestleMania, and add something to this Royal Rumble, even if it means you get a mid a mid card title shot, like. Just, just make it that little bit more interesting, where you're going to, where people are going to be actually emotionally invested in it. Because, like I said, if you're not, like for me, I'll look forward to it just because it's a Royal Rumble. But, like you said, it's it's a meaningless match, really. I know a meaningless match that's going to be on for ninety minutes. <laughs> that's horrendous. Do you think there will be? So you think Jinder's going to win the US title? Is that a serious answer? No, I mean it wouldn't surprise me. But right. so, do you think then that the IC title might swap as well? No, no, I don't think. I think the only title change will be Roman Reigns. Right. Okay. And, I, and if you have gone to my head, I would say if I had to choose anyone else, I'd maybe go Nakamura. Um. So yeah, but the bar are not winning the titles. We know that. Because uh-huh. uh, we're getting Seth Miz next week on Backlash as well, are we not? No, Seth and... Uh, are we? Oh, aye. I was getting confused there. It's Seth and Miz at Backlash. Um, and So unless they do Miz wins on Friday and then Seth wins it back the following week? No, that's too much carry on. Uh, you know, that's what they kind of do, though. Uh Speaking of Miz, it's quite strange with him not having a title on his waist or on his shoulder, <clears throat> but it looks like it's very early days, but do you think they're planning for a big massive match with Daniel Bryan? Oh, that's a... I don't... <coughs> I, I, I might have mentioned it last week or the week before. I understand the the desire to make the pay, other pay-per-views between WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series in the Royal Rumble, the desire to make those paper pay per views in between all of them to seem very important. I understand that desire, but there's just certain matches that are made for certain pay per views. Like I love the fact that you put Roman Reigns and John Cena on a quote unquote B pay per view just to sort of make it seem like you must tune in 
to every single pay per view or every week because these are the kind of matches you're going to get to see. Like, I, I, from that point, I understand where you're coming from. So, I just hope they don't give us Daniel Bryan and The Miz on one of these lower card pay per views. Like, that to me is. I would. I think you can drag that out now with the involvement with Cass out to SummerSlam. And that's where I think it could take place. And I think I mentioned it last week. I'm not sure. But you could always have Daniel Bryan and The Miz having a a lifetime feud just in a similar how similar sense that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn did. Just whenever they used to come across each other's path, yeah. they used to just beat the living hell out of each other. And you could do that with Daniel Bryan and The Miz. This, <clears throat> you're right, this is a lifetime feud. And it goes way back before this workshop promo that they both, uh, that Miz shot, uh, Talking Smack before his programme with Dolph Ziggler. It goes way longer than that because you had the whole thing with NXT when it was a reality-based programme and The Miz was Daniel Bryan's mentor. They've locked locked horns many times since then as well. When it was the Nexus versus WWE at SummerSlam, The Miz was supposed to be in that seven-man, sorry, 14-man tag match but was replaced by Daniel Bryan. Daniel, yep. Uh, they've just, it's been... A lot of stuff, but even before that, these guys are the exact opposite of each other in every single way. Daniel Bryan made a name for himself by being, first and foremost, an amazing wrestler. The Miz made a name for himself by wanting to be in front of the camera, right? He did want to do wrestling, which is fair enough, but he did it again through a reality-based programme. Daniel Bryan thought to... I know Daniel Bryan ended up in NXT, but that was all part of the product he had to fight tooth and claw to get there uh, with his pedigree and all the many many companies that I can't even name off the top of my head but specifically Ring of Honor um, it's basically profession- you've got a professional wrestler one of the best professional wrestlers versus one of the best sports entertainers and if you love WWE then you do love sports entertainment and that's why finally The Miz is basically universally accepted by one and all and why the journey that these two guys have had from way back before they even met it's uh, I'm going to quote myself one of the column titles I had with Seth and Jason Jordan when opposites attract worlds collide and this is what's happening here Uh, and it could result in an absolutely mammoth storyline between these two that could be I, I put on Twitter last during the weekend. I daydreamed a promo between the two of them. Uh, so the Miz would bring up the whole bingo hall stuff, wrestling in front of the bingo halls, and Daniel Bryan could retort by saying, "Yeah, those bingo hall matches they've probably had more views on YouTube than your marine films have had." And I just sort of laughed in my head and thought that would be it. Yes, I amused myself with that one. Uh, but stuff like that, these guys could promo for a long time. They could wrestle for a long time. And if the big cast is the foil in the meantime, it's not been officially announced that the cast will be the Miz's muscle. But if they're going to... I can accept what big cast said now reasons for Big Cass being included in this because if it's true that Daniel Bryan's medical clearing was said at the same time, the same day as Big Cass's and all the talk was about Daniel Bryan and not Big Cass, then I totally understand where they're coming from and that's good storytelling. Mm -hmm. 
I saw mm. there was a bit of chatter of Big Cass's promo last night. It was all right. He, st- <laughs> he came across articulate. There was still a lack of some. There was something missing there. It was better than he's spoken before. I'll give him that much. Um, and what he did say, there was there was a truth to that. So I can accept. Like, it was fine. Wasn't the best promo I've seen of the year. Um, but I I can be patient and I will be patient if it means that we're going to get Daniel Bryan in the Miz at SummerSlam, for instance. Then I'm all for it. You know, just to quickly touch on two things you said. I don't know. I would take credit for it, right? But I want to say Rich said it in one of his columns. So I would, I would let's say, you know, you'd have Daniel Bryan and Miz having an ongoing storyline, a feud like Kevin Owens and Sammy had. So if even if you have a match at WrestleMania, right, just saw it at SummerSlam. Say later on, maybe a Survivor Series or Royal Rumble or one of the pay-per-views in between it, you could potentially have Daniel Bryan, say, taking on AJ or whoever. Daniel Bryan gets goes to cover one, two, and the, and the ref gets pulled out and it's a Miz standing there just sort of laughing. And he turns around to like a Styles Clash or a Phenomenal Forearm and loses a match. And then you can sort of reignite that feud again or you just have that continual running. And I don't know if Rich said that in his column because it was me that posed the question to him. How would you... How, how would you... How would you book Daniel Bryan's next 12 months? And I think that's what he basically said. He, play, he sort of played out a plan that heavily involved Daniel Bryan and the Miz. He also, said, sure if, he also said, have give him the belt and have him beat everyone. Do you not remember yeah. that bit? Shout out yeah. to Hardcore Holly for that one. Yeah. So... I, I kind of like that idea um, and I like what you said as well it really is like two complete opposite people and that's what's making it that's what makes it a little bit more yeah. excitement as well they are the best they are the best <laughs> at their game <coughs> I yeah. think also to touch on Cass a couple of things about him his promo was fucking lit I fucking loved that promo I must admit I, it was good um, it's just it didn't set my world alight no, I I don't know if it's because how poor his promos have been that my expectations are that low, but I I really really enjoyed it. And in terms of what you're saying, he was came across as very articulate. Well, the guy was supposed to become a doctor as well, so he obviously has that kind of education. So in that sense, you wonder maybe why the promos don't come across very well if he can speak so well. If you know what I mean, but I I thoroughly enjoyed that promo. I think there was truth in what he was. He felt like he felt truth in what he was saying. He probably maybe. did feel annoyed maybe. that Daniel Bryan was getting all this these um, plaudits and stuff. Maybe. Um, I think also, we I, I played out a scenario last week that to yourself and him, and you both seem to like it, that I would have um, Cass employed as Mizzy's muscle and ultimately Daniel Bryan has to get through Cass in order to get to the Miz. I, whether they go that way, I don't know. Early signs suggest that they might not but that could obviously change. But to me, it's a case, right now, just looking at it, you could now build a storyline that you two, as in the Cass and Miz, have a mutual enemy, and that's where your bond comes into it, and that's where your team forms, that you have this one person you both don't like, and that's why you are together. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> not fully together, not, not his muscle, but just have a hatred for a mutual enemy, and for that we'll come together. Um... So we shall see, and obviously you had the segment with Daniel Bryan being attacked 
um, backstage. So that will obviously lead to, to something else. I would imagine this coming Friday, if Daniel Bryan is in the Royal Rumble, which I assume he will be, there will be some sort of involvement or some sort of moment or segment with him and Miz or him and Cass. I would kind of I would kind of like it if you got Daniel Bryan and Miz to sort of face off and then all of a sudden Cass comes in with a big boot and tosses Daniel Bryan out or something like that. Uh-huh. Just just to sort of continue the heat on him and just sort of to continue that that feeling that, or the tease that are these two guys teamed together or it's just a case of well done, well done, you're going to do it because we both have this common enemy. But <clears throat> I, like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to start singing his praises straight away. Like I've not been that high on him before. I'll give him credit when credit's due. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not. Like we're both not the kind of people are going to be like, "Fuck, he done well." Damn it, we're going to sound like idiots. No, like if he does something well, then right. you know you give him credit. And I, I enjoyed that promo. And we'll see what comes yeah. of it now. I, I, I do. I hold my hands up. He, I wasn't entirely sold on the promo, but. I am sold on him being included in this rivalry if it leads if it leads to Daniel Bryan versus the Miz and it makes perfect sense for the Miz um, he's been a coward for a, a lot of his career he's never really when all is said and done been able to best Daniel Bryan uh, I'm fondly thinking about that match that they had it was a triple threat submission like falls count submissions count anywhere match with Johnny Morrison as well mm-hmm. uh, just the chaos enjoyable chaos of that match but he's never really been able to beat him so as I was saying this is a very much a I think this would be something that would be worth looking into for maybe a future column actually if I'm going to um, put myself over sports entertainer versus professional wrestler and like how amazing this is because if Daniel if The Miz can't deal with Brian's wrestling then he will get the biggest stumbling, the biggest obstacle he can find and that's Big Cass so big casts. If they do align properly, then I'm fine with it. I can I hold my hands up. I was a bit heavy-handed with my criticism of Cass last week. He needs to get a suit that fits him though, because that, the <laughs> the sleeves were riding up him big time last night. <laughs> <laughs> and and now we've touched on uh, Cass and Miz. There's always a similar situation happened over in Rob. Is that got in? Uh, Drew McIntyre yes that promo they cut at the end of that match uh-huh. now that was fucking special that was excellent uh huh yep that um, was good Drew really is the chosen one <laughs> there, there might there might be a bias from us I th- I'd probably because it's a whole Scottish thing but I don't think so because I think his in ring works very very good as a heel he's just he's, just, he's, ex- he's an excellent heel um, I really like what him and Dolph are doing I would like to see this go on a little bit longer as well that could be something that we can maybe see them having tag titles or something but for me there's definitely definitely a place for Drew McIntyre to be in the main event I think he's that damn good Oh that's high, very high praise there oh, I think I think he's damn good and I think there was a reason why he initially was Vince's chosen one I, I think there was maybe it just happened too soon for him at that time I don't know, but I think he's very, very good. I, I like to say that could be the Scottish bias coming through, and it may well be. But like I say that I, I like his work. I enjoy his work in NXT. Um, obviously, been an impact 
etc. when he left WWE, so he's done some good stuff. And mm. like I said, I'm really, really enjoying the chemistry him and Dolph have got. I thought he cut um, before his match with Bobby Roode the summer NXT last year. He cut one of the best babyface promos I've seen. Oh yes, I remember. I remember Do you, you remember that? And, yeah, I remember it. Uh, so, and he's not even a babyface at the moment, so he's a heel. Um, so I'm excited, and I can't believe I'm saying I'm excited about uh, something with Dolph Ziggler going on at the moment. But um, it'll be interesting to see where that goes. I think they need some sort of anchor, some main heel who's already established in the the raw tag scene. The raw tag team scene has looked not even threadbare, just not credible. Because the revival have been booked into obscurity, not even obscurity, just booked to look very weak. And I think what's I was able to put, um, pinpoint why I've been upset with how the revival have been treated in NXT. They had, they were basically, they have been, they were, and they probably will be the best tag team that NXT will ever get. And that was down to their in-ring IQ. Right, so they're sort of wherewithal, ring awareness, and they're just general intelligence. They look like fucking idiots on Raw. Like they look as if they've been blindsided. They don't see tags coming in um, when they were the masters of blind tags and stuff like that. And they, they looked. I'm not going to go down the Raw 25 road again, but um, they fell victim to the sort of silliness of Wyatt and Hardy. I know they're doing fun stuff, but it is silly. Uh, so that's what annoys me about how the revival have been booked. They're not; they don't look clever or smart anymore. Um, all, all I will say to you is, their time will come. It better. It will come. Like ah, they're just so they're just so good. Was it Gargano Champ? Champ, I believe they were both in the submission holds and oh. they were sort of like facing one and they were grabbing hands to prevent each other from tapping out. They're just little things, stupid. Just that's no, not stupid. Sorry, little moments like that. Just you just sit up and realise just the genius of it, and it's like that's, that's unbelievable. Like you don't really see that, and Those... you know, like don't worry. As the old saying goes, the cream always rises to the top. Like their time will come. The time just isn't right now. But their time will come. I expect come SummerSlam time for them to either have the titles or just about to win the titles round about SummerSlam. Might seem a long way away, but it is only a few months away. And I think I I, I would probably envision it would be them that beat Matt and Bray for the titles. Maybe like I say, I don't think it's too far away, and I think that their time will eventually come. Do you know what I'm worried about? Yeah. The revival for me were a very serious team. They're going to end up going in that lake of reincarnation, oh, and then they'll no, come out. They'll come out as the mechanics. <laughs> 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 they better not do that. <coughs> no, I, I don't think you should be worried about them. I don't think you should be worried about them. <sighs> Right, what were we talk- we were talking about Drew McIntyre, we ended up talking about the Lake of Reincarnation. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm, I don't know if much else happened on Raw um, for me to sit and discuss, about, discuss oh, it. Um, Raw was a wee bit of a snooze fest, was it not? Uh, a little bit. No, I mean, there were parts of it I enjoyed. Um, <clears throat> um, like, I think 
I saw some people saying stuff like, is Ronda actually going to wrestle a match on Raw and stuff like that? And it's like, calm down, calm down, it'll come. Let her learn, let her learn, let her get, gotta get comfortable in her surroundings first. Um, the more I see Ember Moon, the more I love her, wrestling-wise. Like, I've loved her on NXT, and it's just, we spoke about her last week. It's like, I really enjoyed watching her again on Raw. Who's that, sorry? Ember Moon. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, let's see, it's not, not, not a great deal to discuss, to be honest, about Raw, I don't think. Um, um, there's there's um, been reports that when they're doing the European tour, that Ronda Rousey will be having a programme with Mickey James. So, that'll be... But, like, and that makes sense, obviously, what's happening over there. And, and the fact that she's coming on the European tour shows you how serious she is and she wants to be a part of this. And Mickey's a hell of a good worker and she's experienced, so you're going to learn from her. So, they're doing the right thing there. Um, and then just sort of, like I say, for me, not too much else happened there on Raw, but, and then on SmackDown, Nakamura came across as an absolute killer, I thought, at the end, that end segment of that tag match. Um, Anderson was just like heroic as well when he came in and, and dived in front of AJ so he would get hit with King Sasha um, and then Nakamura hit it again right in front of AJ and I thought that was beautiful stuff as well mm-hmm. um, we've touched on Usos and Bludgeon Brothers um, we've touched on The Miz etc so Chad Gable. we've obviously got yep Chad Gable we've got, and we've also got these sticky contracts signing for Charlotte and um, Carmella. Uh, Carmella as well. What are your thoughts on Carmella now? Just like I don't think I'm ever going to be enamoured with her wrestling ability. Promo wise, I think she does fine. I think her promos are good. Aye. Um, she she can talk. She definitely can talk. I don't. I don't hate her. Like I was, like you know. I I just don't. Man, get, just put the title on Charlotte, please. <laughs> I think she's. I think she's good. I think she's. She doesn't have the wrestling acumen as this person, but she is reminiscent of Edge, who likes to ruin things for people. Is the, the ultimate opportunist? Uh, sorry, ultimate opportunist. Uh, so the things that she's done. Look at the stuff that Edge did. He cashed in on Cena. She cashed in on Carmella. The she ruined Nikki Bella's return to action and stuff like that. There's a few others I can't remember off the top of my head, but she reminds me of Edge in these early days. Um, like I, I said, I don't hate her or anything, but I just love Charlotte that much, and I just mm-hmm. you know just keep the title on her forever. I'm glad to see we mentioned Chad Gable there. I'm glad to see that he was involved in something. <laughs> I was worried that he was just going to be brought over just for the sake of it, but and let's be honest, we are going to have to get used to. On a three-hour raw, there's going to be a gender segment at least once a week. Uh, oh yeah, definitely. So if it, definitely. if this leads up to a Chad gender rivalry, then please give Chad the, what the Indian title or whatever it is. Indian title. <laughs> <laughs> and let Chad take the belt and beat everyone. Yeah, I think. Like you say, that's one thing of it positive about it. If they do go down the gender Chad route, then whatever you want to say about gender, at least we're going to get to see Chad on a like at least on consecutive weeks anyway. I think 
<coughs> for me, what was kind of interesting as well was we had the backstage segment with the Miz. Sorry, not the Miz. With um, Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas trying to join up with Seth. Uh, it'll be interesting you may go with them. I was kind of just off the top of my head right now, kind of wondering would they ever pair him up with a returning Jason Jordan? But it's like, damn, who would be the mouthpiece there? But <laughs> and it's like, would, would Jason even need that, or was that going to do any of them any sort of benefit? But it'll be interesting to see what they do with them because it's, it's a shame because even though we may not have wrestled that much, but they found that they, they were involved in a weekly basis they were in storylines they were relevant again and it's just like look you surely you can find a decent spot for them as well because like I said I enjoyed them when they were a part of the Mr. Raj as well they definitely served a purpose Aye um, Bo Dallas was looking sharp the last couple of months <laughs> even though <laughs> it was an awful fashion sense but that fashion sense was nailed to a T so fair play to the man Um I actually like Curtis Axel's Curtis Axel's jacket. It was weird, to be honest. <laughs> you like your, you, you do enjoy your fashion. <laughs> um, like it was a bit. Of, it was an odd week for TV. They were on sort of rubbish go home show mode, I think, and they're going to be another go home show mode soon with backlash. But next week, when is backlash? May fifth. Is it fifth? Well, it's a week on Sunday. 10 days time that's a bank holiday for us isn't it yep the following day it is indeed oh nice one that's very good actually right finally Vince was thinking about us when he organises a pay per view bank holidays pal <laughs> god damn it <laughs> anything else you want to touch on this week I don't think so um, I think we touched on it all Saudi Arabia Royal Rumble, Raw Smackdown. Um, no, that I don't, I don't think so. Okay. If I remember correctly, there is a really big match on NXT this week, and I can't for the life of me remember what it is right now. That's shocking. Anyway, shall we? <laughs> that was really pointless saying that, wasn't it? <laughs> shall we um, end the show with the quiz then? Yes. Okay. It's Right, so this week's theme, the quiz theme is... Um, so, excuse me, excuse me. Excuse me! Before... Let me get my game face on. Before we continue with the quiz, I, I just have a couple of things I need to say. First of all, Josh Smith badmouthed us on the Kiss episode a couple of weeks ago. Fuck Josh! <laughs> right. nah, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Aye, you are um, getting us sacked from Social Suplex in no time at all here. No, I'm joking. But anyway, um, to Josh, Jeremy, and I believe it was Rich was there, mm-hmm. third member. They put out a request, a challenge to us to do a WWE team quiz. We accepted. 
So, and we're just waiting on you guys to give us a date and step up. Um, so we, we await the date and time and we will be there. Not Right, we need to agree a date and time as well. Absolutely, but we literally, we figuratively, we, we won't actually literally be there because there's like a, a little bit of water separating us, but a date and time and, you know, we'll have this friendly competition. Right, so a couple of points. First of all, Josh, I profusely apologise for the <laughs> disgraceful um, attack on you by my colleague. Uh, secondly, we also we need to agree on the date and time as well. It's not just up to them. Uh, we'll need to iron out a lot of itinerary, who's going to do the quiz, how the format's going to be, um, potential Skype issues. So we will look into that. And ladies and gents, just to sort of confirm, in the future there will be a sort of social suplex quiz special. Um, look forward to that. And again, sorry, Josh. Right, so... And also, obviously, we... We need to get a third. We need to get a third man to join our team. We already have that person, but we don't want to disclose that just yet. Yeah, we'll keep that. We'll keep that secret. We'll keep those guys sweating a little bit. Right. Okay. Oh, that's right. They don't know who it is, do they? No, they don't. Right. It's a uh, our third guest. Our third. Our third person is Mister Wikipedia. Yay! <laughs> It is Vincent Kennedy McMahon himself. No, oh, he doesn't know bugger all. Oh, he really doesn't, does he? No. God <laughs> damn it, pal. <laughs> yeah, right. So, this week's quiz theme is... I have to sort of explain it a wee bit. It doesn't roll off the tongue. It's basically... I, I'm going to give you the initials of wrestlers, including their sort of nickname. Like, now you've got Phil the Power Taylor from Darts... Mm-hmm. So that would be PTPT, right? So I'm going to give you an acronym of a wrestler's sort of nickname, the, the sort of endearing moniker that they're given, and you've got to guess who that person is. So if, I'm right. going to give you a couple of examples, right? So like SCSA would be Stone Cold Steve Austin? Yes, right. So right, okay. HBK would be... Uh, Razor Ramon. B T B B would be right. So there's going to be quite a few T's in this. So B T is the right. So B T B B. This isn't part of the actual quiz. B T B T B. Bravo Tango Bravo Bravo. Ah I have no idea. Well, I just, what the hell is that? Right, it's uh, Brutus the Barber. Yeah, go for it, just tell me. Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Ah, right, okay. Right, so you know the premise right, okay. of the quiz, right? Yep, yep, let's go. Right, number one, S-C-S-A. S what? S-C-S-A. <laughs> Steve Austin. Right, so it's a few easiest ones to get you sort of in the mood. Number two, B-T-H-H. B. T H H. Yep. P T H H. Yep. B-T-H-H. I can give you clues if you want. No, why not? Right. So this person um, was part of a family in wrestling. Was part of a what? Sorry. A family. Oh jeez, man! 
How did I not get this? My second all-time favourite, Bret Hart. The full name, please. Oh, Bret Hartman Hart. Number three. Jai or J. T. A. N. N for no. Nove- November. Yeah. J. T. A. N. Hmm. Hmm. If you ever want a clue, just ask. J T A N. Oh, this could end up being a long night. I know, so just give me a clue. Uh, he was also in a family. Natalia's da. <laughs> Natalia's da. Hashtag Natalia's da. So uh, what is, what's the full Jim, name? Jim the Anvil Made Hard. Okay, right. Next one. Jai or J T S R. J T S R. The man that walked out with a snake. <laughs> Please just say the names. Jeez, oh, I'll Jake the snake. Roberts. Uh, right. G T H V. G G T H V. Yeah. G T H V. Um, Greg the Hammer Valentine yes who is a cousin of Glasgow Rangers legend George the Hammer Alberts (laughs) (laughs) so many people won't get that reference I know I know Uh, right next one D so that's D for Delta D T A B D T A B. D T A B. Clue is this person has also had a career in Hollywood. Also had a career in Hollywood. Yep. Would you like another clue? Um, no, yeah, I suppose, yeah. There have been rumours of this person coming back. That's a... Mm-hmm. Who the hell, what wrestlers in Hollywood? Well, coming back? there aren't many. There are three that I can think of right now. Aye, The Rock. Mm-hmm. Who the fuck else is there? Do you want another clue? Aye. See, sometimes I, I worry about the dead air on these quiz segments, but I like to think... It's fine. Uh, people, people, people will be thinking along with us unless they got the answer straight away and think we're Aye. just really dumb. They're either along with us or they're shouting at their phones, It's fucking Jim the Anvil Nighthawk! <laughs> Jeremy and Josh are just laughing at us knowing that they're going to absolutely wipe the floor off us. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Not if I give them this round, this thing. <laughs> right, um Another clue. He has been in a Bond film. Ah, Dave the Animal Bautista. <laughs> Bautista. 
who who's the third one you were talking about? The third one? The third wrestler you can think of in Hollywood? Cena. Oh, I, I assumed it was like like former wrestlers who weren't wrestling anymore. Yes, that guy's name is John the Goal of him, Cena. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right, it's going to get a wee bit hard now. So, R-D-J-J. 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 Mm-hmm. R-D-J-J. R-D-J-J. Would you like a clue? Yes, please. This person currently has a backstage role. At WWE. God, God. Oh. <laughs> I, we, I won't do well in this quiz when we're going to have with these guys from Kiss. <laughs> do you want another clue? Is the, pr- the pressure of the moment? Would you like another clue? Yes, please. In our archives of podcasts way before Social Suplex... Um, <laughs> This person, we did a rend- an Urdu rendition of their theme song. Oh, yes. Road Dog. Right, well done. Jesse James. Yep. Next one, right. B-S-K-N. Bravo. N for November. Yeah, Bravo Sierra Kilo November. Would you like a clue? Yeah, why not? Um, this was not their name in WWE. No, oh, jeez. So it was a WCW person. And then, after all the invasion stuff came back and all that. Bravo Sierra Kilo November. I nearly said the surname there. <laughs> I can't think. Um, uh, would you like another clue? Yeah, why not? Finger poke of doom. How did I not get this? Who is it? What were the initials again, sorry? Oh, for God's sake. B-S-K-N. You just said, how did I not get this? You don't... I know. I'm trying to think what the name was. Oh, for God's sake. It was Nash. Right. Do you not know the full name? No. Big, what was his name? Big Sexy Kevin Big Ash. Big Sexy Kevin Ash. Jeez. Number nine. Right. Careful here. Okay. And to speed things along, think of the same clues I've just given you. H, H, H. Hogan. Well done. Or is that, or is that a trick question you want me to say Triple H? No, no. It's, it's Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Right, number 10. I don't know if this is actually his real name, right? (laughs) 
But this might get quite the pop from your good self, Ricky. Rusev. B T S B. What was that? B T S B. I'm going to check if this is actually his name or it's just something that we saw on the internet one time. I will start giving you clues in a wee second. Uh, as his name. <laughs> right, do you want some clues? Yeah, BTSB. Right, his mother was involved in a an awful and infamous um, angle in WCW. His mother? Yes. Another clue for you, if you'd like it. Because I was not, I was, I was not a WCW watcher back then. Aye, but you've watched the Monday Night Wars. I know. Was was she in that then? Mm-hmm. Do you want another clue? I watched that years ago. Right, go on. They, well, as far as I'm aware, they are now a gigolo. They. He. Legit. <laughs> you know the answer, don't you? Yes. <laughs> Buff. The stuff, Bagwell. <laughs> oh, buff the stuff, Bagwell. <laughs> oh, we're so going to lose this quiz. I know we are doomed. I, ca- I can't handle it's, it's the pressure of the situation that gets to me. I know we'll need to, but we need to iron out the details. It's going to like a lot of thought. We'll need to go into this one. I know. Just do you know what would be quite? Do you know what be quite funny? If um. Because obviously they've got their three-man team lined up with mm-hmm. Jeremy, Josh, and Rich. If um, if Rich done a Hogan and turned on Jeremy and Josh, and it turned out he was our third member, <laughs> <laughs> so just putting a bit, of, just a bit of element of doubt in their in their minds at the moment, oh. cause some friction between the three yes. of them. Uh, this it could also be possible. It might have happened already. Yeah. Exactly, you just never know. You do not. Um, did you like that wee quiz though? That was that was good. Something, it was different, something completely different. Aye, um, some that could be a one for the future. So that's us. Brings us to the end of our show. You can follow us at Ricky and Clive on Twitter and Facebook. Please make sure to rate and review the Social Suplex Podcast Network on the app of your choice. Places like Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play. On that network, you've got all the top quality shows, including Josh and Jeremy's Keeping It Strong Style. We love you, Josh. We really do. At least one of us does. Um, Covering all things New Japan. Rance and Carl's Outsider's Edge. Rich Latter's One Nation Radio. Um, shout out to James Boyd, who's taken a, a bit of a hiatus from WWE at the moment, and to be honest, I don't blame him. Uh, check out Rich's last, most recent um, podcast. He had an interview with Tampa Bay's newly crowned champion, Troy Hollywood, who um, Rich believes could be one for the future, so check that out. Lastly, there is Caleb Baldwin's new show, The Wrestling Watch, which will, sorry, apologies, The Wrestling Wash. That's going to cover everything at TNA and, uh, apologies again, Impact. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Redemption they had recently was quite a successful and well-acclaimed pay-per-view, so check that out. 
There's also all the podcast. The fucking hell, I'm having a nightmare now. Check out all the columns on socialsuplex.com. You could, there is a function to subscribe. Socialsuplex.com forward slash subscribe where you can get immediate access to the columns and podcasts via your email inbox. Um, I think I covered everything eventually. I stumbled through it all. You get any shout outs? Just um, usual, you know. Shout out to everyone on social supplements. Everyone keep keep reading the columns, keep downloading. Um, Josh knows it's just friendly banter between myself and him that I'm going to clearly regret once we lose this quiz. Um, and shout out to Jordan Fox as well. He is also a member. I think he still writes for us on social supplements. Um, and also to... next week we are potentially having two guests on with us next week as well. And one of them is a big one. One of them is. Uh, Wrestling Square Circle Facebook group. If you've not joined it yet, please do. It is really good. Lots of discussion on there. Polls, funny topics. There's usually a live thread for Raw and Smackdown and pay-per-views, which I'm never able to be a part of because it's on during my sleeping time. Um, but I do contribute yeah, as much as I can. Stupid o'clock. Stupid o'clock. It's not stupid to them. Um no, no, it is for us, though. It is for us. Aye, so there is that. I think that's us. Um, thank you for listening to the Rick and Clive Wrestling Show once again, and we will speak to you next week. Take care, guys. Thank you for listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. We'll see you next time. See you next time.